Try to imagine the thrill of being the founders of Six Crickets, which is building tools for parents to more easily manage out-of-school activities for kindergarten to grade eight students. Think of the excitement among those working at Better You, creators of a digital coach that helps its users make better health and wellness decisions by logging how they actually spend their time and comparing it to their goals. And although you may not know the name Morphu today, there's a chance this mobile app for understanding science through interactive 3D assessments and quizzes will one day become a household name. That's because Morphu, like Six Crickets and Better You, were among the 200 startups that were chosen to present their business idea at a major conference focused on the educational sector. These kinds of events are considered great opportunities for young entrepreneurs trying to get off the ground, and choosing them is an important task. So important that the organizers of this particular event chose some very well-known members of Silicon Valley's venture capital community. These included Anderson Horowitz, Battery Ventures, and a company called First Round Capital. What distinguishes first round is not the fact that its team takes part in these kinds of exercises or that it may provide investment to help these kinds of companies build their businesses. It's that depending on where the elite 200 go from here, they have a chance of being positioned as leading experts in a digital magazine that has cemented itself as a prominent, if unusual, voice in business journalism. It's time for a little sit-down as we go over the remarkable success of the first round review on the Owned Media Observer. The Owned Media Observer is an exercise in applying media criticism to the branded content that takes an editorial approach to storytelling. This is a podcast for content marketers who want to do better work, for media professionals who want to size up their competition, and for audiences of all kinds who want to better understand all the new sources of information popping up everywhere around them. When I'm not making this podcast, I work as a journalist covering business and technology, and as a content marketing consultant helping some of the world's biggest brands and smallest startups influence the strategic thinking of their most valuable customers. You can find out more about me, and maybe even work with me, by visiting my website at shanescheck.com. I'm going to start with a bit of a confession. When I launched this podcast, I knew I would have to spend a lot of time delving into content that is not normally a part of my day job, and that I would have to consciously explore brands that I barely knew. That's why I deliberately chose to start out with some highly consumer-oriented examples of owned media from Dollar Shave Club, Equinox, and Casper. My work as a journalist often touches on the startup world, and I didn't want to go there right away. On the other hand, I only started this podcast because I became a fan of several content marketing initiatives that really seemed to show how editorial practices could be applied in a corporate setting, and the first round review was one of them. The publication was officially launched on June 28th, 2013 and was announced on TechCrunch, one of the more popular traditional startup industry publications whose coverage includes the inner workings of VCs. 
TechCrunch pointed out that while the idea of having its own magazine was somewhat unusual, First Round was no stranger to new ideas, having created a way to rate business service providers with a service similar to Yelp. By this point, First Round had already invested in hundreds of companies. But interestingly enough, its main website is fairly stripped down, mostly organized like a database of its startups and what kind of level the company has funded. From the very beginning, First Round Review was far more dynamic, with original and attractive photographs of entrepreneurs sharing ideas on growth, hiring, and personal development. As TechCrunch reported, quote, In terms of the type of content, partner Josh Koppelman explained that there was no real destination site for advice for startups, and VC's blogs cover the perspective of one VC. The media today does a really good job of covering what startups are doing, he says. But we've seen there's a real need for content that covers the how. End quote. Lots of regular newspapers and magazines still have a tagline or slogan that sums up its goals, like the New York Times and all the news that's fit to print. First Round Review goes into more detail than that, with an area called Manifesto, that remains a prominent spot on its top navigation. It says, in part, quote, We believe that there is powerful, untapped knowledge out there that can transform the way people build technology. There's just one problem. It's trapped in other people's heads. People who are at the top of their fields, who rarely have time to share what they've learned, even if they want to. The review is about liberating this knowledge to inspire and accelerate action. This manifesto is followed by a couple of promises, including that first round review will never be boring, and that the tactics it publishes can change readers' careers. It also vows not to get in the way, and as a result, it doesn't publish the names of who writes each piece. That's more common in a wire service like the Associated Press or a magazine like The Economist. And more thoughtful than a byline like the first round review staff, which you often see on corporate-owned media sites. The reality, though, is that first round review is part of the product of an editor, Camille Ricketts, who was hired not long after the launch and who has occasionally allowed herself to be profiled publicly. In May of 2019, for example, Ricketts was interviewed by a content marketing agency called Animals, where she admitted that the reputation of First Round Review has led many tech companies to want to create something similar. According to Ricketts, that could be a mistake, though. She says, quote, The model was a non-traditional one compared to what content marketing is generally thought to achieve. This business was not conversion-driven for me. Ricketts told the Animals blog, referring to content that is aimed at getting someone to try out a new service or sign up for something. Quote, we wanted to build as big of an audience as we possibly could to expand the group of brilliant founders that we could work with. It was a broad awareness play. Although I've been following it for a long time, I decided to look at the first round review with fresh eyes to see just how broad that awareness play has been playing out.
If you don't work in the startup world and have never been an entrepreneur, you may not realize the incredible odds, intense pressure, and competition they have to overcome before they reach the level of a Facebook or Google. Traditional business magazines do cover some of this, but often they can only do so to guide investors and shareholders who want to get a sense of the next hot stock or how a new entrant might affect their portfolio. Magazines like Entrepreneur and Inc., meanwhile, are aimed more directly at startups and small business owners, but they aren't able to position themselves as insiders talking to other insiders with the kind of credibility you get from being a firm like First Round Capital. This isn't to say that traditional business magazines are better or worse than First Round Review, but the latter features stories that go deep on problems you'd almost have to know firsthand. This is why you'll see stories with headlines like How to Craft Your Product Team at Every Stage from Pre-Product slash Market Fit to hypergrowth. That's not an article you're likely to see in the Wall Street Journal, nor is the founder dating playbook. Here's the process I used to find my co-founder. You'll see a lot of business names on first round review that you might already know, like Eventbrite. A few that sound vaguely familiar, like Nerd Wallet, and some you might never have heard of, like Sweetgreen. No matter the startup or founder, however, everyone is positioned in the exact same way, as a sort of seasoned veteran who has agreed to sit down for a fireside chat and impart their lessons learned to their eventual successor. In that sense, almost everything you see on the first round review is essentially a feature story. There's not a lot that would qualify as a short front-of-book-style piece or a funny, lighter column that might end off a print magazine. This is a place where long-form writing is both champion and exemplified. That doesn't mean the content doesn't have some organizing principles, though. Some of the common story categories include design, people and culture, and engineering. But what I saw most often was simply labeled under management. That may be why Forbes, among others, has seen some parallels between the First Round Review and the Harvard Business Review. HBR is obviously more based upon academic research in many of its articles, but it also seems aimed at the kind of people who might be reading the First Round Review today once their startups become large enterprises that dominate their industries. First Round is not alone in leaning into owned media and content marketing. Another VC with a substantial amount of service-style editorial work is OpenView Partners. Its blog includes stories like The Ultimate Product-Led Resource Guide and Pricing Transformations in 2020. What's different about the First Round Review is the consistent and significant effort to transcend the mechanics of launching and growing a startup and addressing what it means to work in one while retaining your humanity. While OpenView Partners does have a post from one of its VPs called, It's a Rough Time to Be a Startup, and Here's What You Can Do About It. First Round Review has pieces like, Make friends with the monster chewing on your leg and other tips for surviving startups. And an interview with a couples therapist called 
how to fix the co-founder fights you're sick of having. At a time when technologies like artificial intelligence can make startups seem disconnected from the real world and focused on trying to automate us all out of existence, the first round review reminds its audience that success in any kind of business is ultimately about the people behind it. This is particularly true in a profile of Zainab Gadiali, a product lead at Airbnb who has also worked at Facebook and who co-founded the women in tech organization Wow Grammar since leaving her native Mumbai at the age of 19. In an article called The Secrets of Designing a Curiosity-Driven Career, she explains a bit more of her philosophy. Here's an excerpt. For Gaddy Alley, translating an interest into a role or career requires carefully spotting opportunities and then taking advantage of them. In her case, the key that unlocked the door to the tech world was free Chinese food. One evening in grad school, I stopped by at an event that advertised free Chinese food. For a student living off a of pizza, it seemed too good to pass up, she says. The event turned out to be a hackathon sponsored by Facebook. And just before she could sneak away with a full plate, a Facebook recruiter approached Gadiali and asked which team she was on. I looked around the room, slightly panicked, took a seat at one table with an empty chair. My team members quickly found out that I was useless. Gadiali laughs. But I stayed and watched them, totally absorbed. My team won the hackathon. And as it turned out, the winning team got a chance to interview at Facebook. There was just one caveat. It was an engineering interview. While it was an open door to connecting the public health work that she loved with the power of a social network, Gadiali hesitated. I thought I should wait six months, learn to code, and reach out again to reschedule. When you're presented with an opportunity, it's tempting to give in to those doubts, to make excuses like, the timing isn't right, or I'm not ready for this, she says. Especially because, in this situation, that inner voice wasn't completely off track. I was quite literally unqualified. But what stuck with me in that moment was how limiting and immobilizing that fear is, said Gaddy Alley. We've got to stop listening to that voice in our heads telling us we can't go after that role, ask for that promotion, or switch gears in our careers. Everyone feels unqualified or not ready at some point in their careers. What will determine your success is whether you're willing to put in the work to prove that voice wrong. It reminded me of this saying that a family friend and mentor once shared with me. When the train is leaving the station, you need to jump on it, she says. With the realization that there might not be another car coming along, she accepted the interview. While Gadielli's fluke interview with Facebook could have remained a funny anecdote about a hackathon and free food, her willingness to seize the opportunity made her launchpad into tech. What a great story to offer a role model for those who might one day launch the next big startup, as told by someone who represents the kind of diversity that the tech industry still struggles to achieve. Beyond the quality of the interviews and the sheer power of the writing and reporting, the first round review also shows content marketers how the return on investment for their work can build up over time, just like a solid VC investment. Years after publishing its first article, for example, the first round review has repurposed many of its stories into more focused magazines, where you can dive into a particular category like fundraising, 
or PR and marketing without searching endlessly through an archive. Like the Harvard Business Review, the first round review has also expanded into a full-length book, simply called Management, which covers areas like leveling up as a leader, making decisions, and nurturing talent. When you're reading more current articles, meanwhile, a pop-up often appears at the end asking you to rate the applicability of the tactics that are mentioned on a scale of 1 to 5, showing how seriously the editors take their mission. Other magazines I've studied on this podcast have claimed editorial independence, but I think it's worth underscoring the fact that never, ever, does the first-round review come across as something to make the startups it's supporting look more attractive. In an interview with Managing Editor magazine in 2017, Ricketts spelled this out in more detail. Quote, We prioritize quality over quantity and only feature tactical advice surfaced in interviews with people who have a proven track record of success using the insights they're sharing. We've been really fortunate to interview a number of industry luminaries and help them reach a larger audience with the knowledge they might not otherwise have had the time or bandwidth to share, she said. A second-order goal for us is to reach readers who may someday become founders of companies, but this doesn't mean that we're limited to only targeting that audience or only featuring interviews with people who work at our investments. We really just strive to showcase excellence wherever it's found to benefit the whole technology ecosystem. End quote. I would say that's true. And yet, there is no getting around the fact that for all the great advice in the first round reviews pages, there are some serious problems with many of the startups that have gotten a lot of VC funding. This includes Uber, in which first round once made an investment, and which has been mired in stories of sexual harassment and negative impacts on organized labor. I didn't see anything on the first round review that really helped explain the rise and precipitous fall of WeWork, a roller coaster that included a disastrous perspective for an initial public offering and the departure of its messianic founder. It's also hard to read the first round review today without thinking about the book Winners Take All, The Elite Charade of Changing the World, where Anand Gernharadas argues that many tech startups hypocritically celebrate their sense of purpose as a noble calling while ignoring the problems they sometimes create or exacerbate. As the first round review enters a new decade, tackling this more controversial, tougher subject matter might seem too risky but it would ensure that it continues to grow the way the best startups iterate and evolve. It would certainly be the opposite of being boring. If you enjoy listening to this episode, please subscribe on whatever service you use to get the best podcasts. I'm always open to feedback as well as suggestions for other examples of owned media I should critique. Send your ideas or comments my way via email at schickmedia at gmail.com or on social media like Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram. This podcast is recorded in beautiful Toronto, Canada, and is only possible thanks to all the brands that pay me to help them create content that serves the needs of their communities. This has been Shane Schick for the Owned Media Observer. Thanks for listening.